Proverbs chapter number 13. And again, I want to thank everyone for being in the house of the Lord, all you visitors. And we want to thank each mother for being here in the service with us this morning. I am not preaching a Mother's Day message, and I know that disappoints all you fathers and all you dads this morning, but uh, I'm sorry, I just hadn't felt led to do that. And uh, I do preach special occasions when the Lord uh, lays it on my heart, but I just preach whatever He gives me to preach. And so uh, God knows about that, and so I'll pray this morning. I'm going to read one verse of Scripture. It's just what the Lord spoke in my heart about, and so I'm going to be obedient to Him. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse number 15. The Bible says, Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of a transgressor is hard. Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of a transgressor is hard. Father, we bow in your presence once again this morning. We're thankful for the good singing, thankful for the presence of God that we feel in this place. And Lord, I pray that you'll give us liberty this morning. We've come to you and we ask you now, Lord, to touch us. I pray that you'd take us beyond ourselves this morning. Lord, I pray that we would not see ourselves or see each other, but God, help us to see you this morning. I ask you if there's one here lost that needs to be saved, I pray the Spirit of God would convict and draw them to an altar of repentance and may they find salvation this morning. Those that may be cold and indifferent and backslid, I pray that you'll help them, Lord, to see themselves as they stand. And Lord, help us all this morning, I pray, to, uh, to glean and to gain and to grow uh, from what you may say to us this morning. Help us to be willing and obedient to do the will of God in our life. And we'll thank you for it, for we do ask it in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen, amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to draw your attention to this verse of Scripture, but more so, I want to draw your attention to the last phrase of what Solomon has to say here when he makes this statement that the way of a transgressor is hard. And this morning in this passage of Scripture, God, just so vividly yesterday, I was driving down the road and I already thought I had my message prepared to preach. And as I was going down the road, God just brought this passage of Scripture back to my heart and this little phrase, the way of a transgressor is hard. And I want to preach a few minutes this morning on this subject, on living a hard life. Living a hard life. When you think about life, the Bible says in the book of James, chapter number four, what is life? It is but a vapor that appeareth for a little while, and then it vanisheth away. Uh, God has only given us one opportunity to live life down here. And the Bible is a book that uh, teaches us how to live life simple and plain. It tells us how that we can be healthy and happy. And I'm not preaching a health and wealth gospel, uh, but I'm talking about spiritual health and, and spiritual happiness that only comes uh, uh, through obeying the principles of the Word of God. It doesn't matter this morning if you're rich or poor or black or white or young or old. Uh, uh, God's will for every one of us this morning is that we might live a life that is pleasing unto him and that is a life of happiness and that is a life of holiness for him that brings honor and glory to almighty God. But God has given every man a will and every man a choice to decide how that he is going to live his life. And in this proverb that we read this morning here Solomon gives us wisdom about life. As he said, good understanding giveth favor. Amen. In other words when God gave us this book, he gave us a book of good understanding. Isn't that right? 
And my, the Bible tells us that when we understand the word of God and we live our life by the word of God, we find favor in this life. You say, where does that favor come from? It comes from God himself. The Bible said in the book of James that every good gift cometh down from the father of lights from whom is no variableness, neither a shadow of turning. What I'm saying this morning, friend, that the wisdom of life is this. If you want to have a good life, then live for God. Amen? If you want to have a happy life, live for God. If you want to have a life of joy and a life of peace and a life of spiritual prosperity, then don't live your life for yourself, but live your life for God. Amen? You see, all God ever wanted is for me and you to have a good life. I'm not preaching a Joel Osteen message this morning on how to have a better life as far as uh, the things of this world. If the Bible teaches us anything, it teaches us that life is a life of hardship and we know that man that's born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. That's what Job said in Job 14 and verse number one. But Jesus said in John 14, one, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. You see, only God can take a hard life and make it a happy life, amen? And so it tells us here that there's the wisdom about life. But then Solomon gives us this warning in life, as he said, uh, uh, he that find, or he said, good understanding giveth favor, but the way of a transgressor is hard. This morning, I'm talking about living a hard life. You see, in this room this morning, there are those that could raise their hand and testify and say, "I have lived a good life." I'm not talking about goodness within ourselves, but you understand that saying that means that God has been good to me. I have lived my life for God and I have no regrets, although we all have some regret, but I have no regrets in the sense that we have lived for God. Amen? You see, you know if you have lived for God, you know it pays to serve God. I've made a lot of mistakes and I've made a lot of blunders and I've got regrets to some degree like anybody would about life, but I'm not in this sense. When I think about living life, I can truthfully say this morning that I have given God the best years of my life and I have absolutely no regret about that and I can truthfully say this morning that though I'm full of mistakes and I've made a lot of blunders along the way that good understanding does give favor, amen? That living your life for God always pays more than living your life for self or for the devil, amen? And so Solomon, he tells us that there are those that have lived their life for God and then there are those that have lived the hard life this morning. There's people in this building that you could testify and you could say, preacher, I hadn't always been the way I am this morning. I hadn't always lived for God. I hadn't always served Jesus. And, and there was a time in my life when I lived for self and I lived for the devil and I can raise my hand this morning and I can testify and say that when you live your life for yourself and you live your life for the devil, you are going to live a hard life. There are people this morning Brother George, you testified that the other day. You know why Brother George enjoys the goodness of God so much now? It's like Brother Green preached in a revival meeting because he's been forgiven of much, amen? It's because you know what that hard life is about and you don't wanna live that life. You can testify this life is so much better and there are those that has lived the good life. I think of Brother Laddie who got saved at seven years of age and has spent your whole life in church and living for God. Hey, these are two totally different individuals 
angels this morning. Here's someone that lived for God all of his life and can testify and it say, it say it's good. Here's someone that spent many years living for self and living for the devil and you can testify and say the way of a transgressor is hard this morning. And there are those in this building that you've not yet lived neither one of these. You're standing somewhere in the center and you're looking at this life and you're looking at this life and you've got to make a conscious choice this morning of which way you're going to go. There's some that have spent their life living for God and one day for whatever reason they get away from God in their heart and they backslide and they wake up one day and say, I don't want to live this life no more. They look over the fence and they see other people and their lifestyle and their party and their, their, their way of doing their own things and they say, you know what, I'm tired of this life and I think I want to go live that life. I'm talking about living life the hard way this morning. You see, it's not so much how you start, it's how you finish it. There's people here this morning, you didn't have a good start. You didn't have a good chance. You wasn't raised in church. You didn't have the opportunity to have family altar and family Bible reading. And so therefore, you went according to the course of this world and you did things that even today that you regret. But somewhere along the way, the grace of God found you and the grace of God picked you up and the grace of God changed your life. And now you're on a new course and a new way and you want absolutely nothing to do with that old life. There are others that have had the benefit and the blessing and that's exactly what it is. And may I add the privilege uh, of being raised in church from the womb and, and being around nothing but the Bible and nothing but old time preaching and singing the songs of Zion. Friend, I would say to you, you ought to get on your face every day and thank the good God of heaven that somewhere along in generations before God reversed the curse in your family and has given you something that many have never had the opportunity to have and to much is given, one day much is going to be required at the judgment seat. And I think about what Solomon says in his wisdom about life and concerning his warning about life, but what about this phrase? I, I don't know about you, but there's phrases in the Bible that just seems that when you read them, it's almost like the Holy Ghost just forever stamps them in the memory of your heart and your mind. And I'm preaching one of those phrases this morning. It's a phrase that everybody here that's a Bible reader can quote. Though you may not have remembered the reference, you know that phrase that the way of a transgressor is hard. I want to give you three things in this phrase this morning and I'll be through. I see first of all that Solomon, when he gives us this warning in this phrase here, I see a destructive path as he talks about the way. All throughout the Word of God, the Bible mentions different ways. I, I think about in the book of Genesis, it talks about the way of Cain. And then the Word of God talks about seek out the old paths and walk therein. Wherein is the good way. Amen. And so there's the way of Cain. There is the good way. And then Jesus in John 14, verse number 6, he said, I, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that there is a way that seemeth right unto a man but the end thereof are the ways of death. You see there's a lot of different ways this morning. There's God's way. There's the way of salvation. There's this good way of walking with God. This good pleasant path of serving Jesus. But then there's this way. 
And this is not just any way. You say, well, this is the way of the world, and surely it is, but more deterrent, more detailed than that. It is a, it is a different way than, than just the way of the world. It is a different way than just a, a lost person or a sinner this morning that has never been saved. And we'll say more about that this morning, but I think the most important thing that you and I should gather from that little phrase this morning, the way this morning, is that every man has to choose which way in life he is going to go. And just because you chose it today does not mean that you'll be walking in it tomorrow. I've watched more people raised in church living for God and going to church and serving Jesus and walking with God down through the years in that good way and all of a sudden for whatever reason one day they get up and say you know what I'm just going a different way. In fact, I've had people that would leave church, Brother Lamar, look at me and say, well, I'm just not going the same route y'all are going anymore. That's sad, isn't it? Because we hadn't changed. The Bible hadn't changed. Somebody say amen. I was sitting in a place of business yesterday waiting for something to, uh, to get done and there were some uh, young ladies sitting across there at the table, three young girls probably in their early 20s and I was sitting there and I wasn't listening to anything that, that they were really saying but all of a sudden one of them said this and it caught my attention. I, I was reading something and one of them said, well, what do you think about church? Now I know you're not supposed to eavesdrop. And don't y'all act so spiritual like you ain't never listened in on a conversation. I reckon if the government can listen to our conversations, we can listen to some others every now and then. But when she said, I wasn't paying attention to anything they said, but when she said, what do you think about church? Something on the inside went up. I thought, Lord, I, know, I want to know what they think about church. And this young girl said, well, you know, I, I was raised in a church where you went to and said, you know, they just sung the old hymns and, and the preacher got up and said he, and this is what she said, said he turned red faced and, and said, man, he just screamed and hollered and said, I had to go to that all of my life. And that other girl said, I know what you mean. She said, I've been to them churches. And the other lady said, but you know what? She said, when I got of age, she said, I realized that that wasn't relevant for me. That, that just isn't what I need. And, and she said, you know, I endured that. And said, if my parents wanted to go to that, that was fine. But she said, when I got old enough to decide for myself, she said, I left there. And she began to talk about the place she went. And once she started, that converse, started in that conversation, I kind of went off the radar. But I thought to myself when I heard that conversation, we have a lot of people today that have nothing more but religion. They have never been saved. There's a lot of people today, I'm gonna to tell you why they're leaving the Bible and why they're leaving the old paths and why they're leaving, and listen, I know everybody don't have to, listen, they don't have to have, they don't have, to have high blood pressure uh, preaching every Sunday, I know that. I don't care if a man stands still or if he moves around, but I want him to preach the word of God. But I'll tell you something, that crowd that despises that, that crowd that looks at that and turns their nose up at it and says, I'm gonna go another way, friend. I'm gonna tell you, they've never been blood bought and blood bought washed, amen. I wanna say this morning, if you're saved, 
by the grace of God, it don't make no difference to me if a preacher stands still, if I said I said before, or if he turns loose, if he's shucking the word of God out and preaching the Bible, there's something on the inside that will make you love it. Amen. But I'm telling you, this feel-good religion where everybody's going to heaven and nobody goes to hell and everybody's happy and healthy and wealthy and wise, that's hatched out of hell, friend. That's not the way of the word of God. Amen. Brother, I'm telling you, sinners can never get saved unless they get under conviction and condemnation of their sins. Amen. Friend, the word of God will do that in our life. But there is a destructive way this morning. You hear me if you're sitting here and you say, well, preacher, I've just had all of this I can stand. I'm ready to live my life the way I want to. Hey, there is a destructive path and you better be careful this morning. It is a diabolical path, meaning, my friend, it's nothing more but evil and satanic and the devil wants nothing more than to get you off a course. Amen. You know what's wrong with newfound churches today? These these churches, these contemporary churches, you know what's so wrong with them today? One thing, there's a lot of things wrong, but one thing that is terribly wrong with them today, there is no conviction of the Holy Spirit. And can I tell you this morning, if there's no conviction of the Holy Spirit, I don't want to go there. I don't want my kids, and of course my kids are grown, but if I had children this morning in my home, I do not want them sitting in a place where the Holy Spirit does not work and His presence is not real. God never called us to fill a church. He called us to fill a pulpit. Amen. He didn't call us to appease to the world this morning. Listen, we as, the, as Christians are not supposed, we're supposed to win the world and preach the world with the gospel, but we're not supposed to give the world what is relevant to them. I'll tell you the most relevant book that I ever will hold and you'll ever hold is this King James Bible that we hold in our hand. Friend, listen, it tells us about the future. It tells us about principles for the present it's more up to date than any newspaper that will roll off the press today or tomorrow. I'm simply saying this, friend, there is a way that may seem right, but the end thereof is the way of death. There's a destructive path. But I see in this phrase not only a destructive path, but there is a disobedient person. The Bible says the way of a transgressor. You know what a transgressor is this morning? It is someone that knows the truth and knows the law, but they go against it. It's a disobedient person. There are those that have never heard the truth, so therefore, to some length or to some point, they don't even know what truth is. They've never heard it. They, they've never, it's never been preached to them. There are some people sitting in churches that has never been had the opportunity to hear good Bible preaching and good Bible teaching, so therefore, they do not know. Two-thirds of this world has never seen a Bible, so they don't have what we have, and they don't have the opportunity to read what we have read, but all of us sitting here this morning, we have had the truth preached to us. We know what's right. We know what's wrong. We've said under the word of God and if we go against it then the Bible says we are a transgressor this morning. The word of God said the way of a transgressor. That is those that goes against the word of God. That is those that goes against the way of God, the will of God. God has a will for all of our life this morning and many times I think that if we're not careful, it's easy to sit in church and just ignore the Spirit of God. You see, all the devil wants to do this morning is get your mind on something else. All he wants to do is distract you this morning. 
I have preached before in churches and I have seen people pull out their phone and, and begin to text during a message or begin to uh, uh, go on Facebook, social media of some kind and, and talk while the preacher is preaching. And I remember as a teenager when preachers would get up and preach against young people passing notes and threaten to read them in front of the congregation if they caught a note. Y'all remember that? Uh, you know why? Because uh, they knew something that was real. Their friend, the devil don't mind you going to an old-fashioned church. He don't mind you tucking a King James Bible under your arm. He just don't want you to read it. He just doesn't want you to listen to it. And my friend, you can be a hearer, but he never wants you to be a doer. That is those that takes what they hear and put it into practice, amen. All he needs you to do this morning is not listen to what is said. Because disobedience, my friend, goes both ways. It's disobedience in the fact of what we, what we do not do, but that, that we should do, and disobedience in those things that we, we do that we're not supposed to do. And so, uh, listen, uh, uh, this morning uh, there is a destructive path, but there's a disobedient person. That are those that make their mind up that I don't care what God says. Uh, I don't care what the Bible says. Uh, I don't care what the preacher says. Uh, I don't care what my parents say. I'm just going to go do it anyhow. Friend, that's a destructive path because that's a disobedient person this morning. Oh, I want to tell you, Solomon said it leads to a third thing in this phrase. A destructive path, a disobedient person, but here's what Solomon says it leads to, difficult problems. You see, when you go against the Word of God and the man of God, the church of God, the Bible labels you a transgressor. And God said that when you choose to live your life like that, you can live it in church or you can live it out of church. It really doesn't matter. God said you mark it down. You're going to live a hard life. You're going to have difficult problems in life. Now, I wrote this down. I know that we all have tough times and we all have trials and we all face troubles in life. But when you're in the will of God and you face those difficult problems in life, there's a certain amount of peace and there's a certain amount of comfort. And God uses them to not make life hard, but actually he makes us stronger and it makes life even better for us. God can take the shadows and the storms of life. And as Brother Chris talked this morning in Sunday school, he can can grow us and mature our faith and make us better Christians for the glory of God. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. But Solomon is talking about difficult problems. And here's the difference between a person that is living right and a person that is not living right is that this person has trials and troubles, but they have a shepherd and they have a comforter. But this person is facing consequences and chastisements and they're facing catastrophes in their life all because that they're not listening and living for God. I ask you one question this morning. How do you want the rest of your life to be? Do you want your life to be filled with catastrophe? If you do, then just live for yourself and don't listen to the message this morning. Do you want your life to be nothing but God whipping you and chastening you and one difficult circumstance after another? Then... Go against the church. Go against the man of God. 
Find you a church where the preacher doesn't say anything about anything, where nothing is never really called out by name, where sin is not labeled, where everybody makes you feel really wonderful and good about everything that you do in life. And they tell you that God understands all things and that God loves all people. While that may be true, but what they hide from you is that there is consequences for the choices and the decisions that we make, always patting you on the head, always telling you that you're a wonderful person, more concerned about your pocketbook than your soul, uh, more concerned about your presence and attendance uh, than they are about teaching and telling the truth. Uh, You can find a dozen of those places this morning. Your life will be nothing but scars, regrets, difficulties, financial bankruptcy, division, heartaches and heartbreaks, disappointment smothered with tears. All because the way of a transgressor is hard. You cannot get out, we, we cannot get out of the will of God this morning and expect life to get better. It's going to get worse. You boys, when you get old enough, you leave this church and you say, well, what's so special about Bible Baptist Church? There's a lot of churches in this county, that's right. But for whatever reason, God put you here and God planted you here. And unless the will of God takes you somewhere else to serve, you better stay where God put you. You better get where God planted you. Unless this church deviates from the path of truth and righteousness, you better make sure that you've got longevity in the will of God for your life or it will bring severe consequences in your life. Samson was a strong man. The Spirit of God was upon him, but Samson had a stubborn will. He would not listen to his parents. He knew more than they knew. And apart from that, he decided that the pleasures that of this world was more to him than the spiritual blessings that God had given him. So what he did, he used the spiritual things of God for his own self-gratification and he wasted his talent and he wasted his life and he wound up in a premature grave and died out of the will of God. Is that how you want to end your life this morning? I held the hand of a man up here at the hospital. We wept together and prayed together. And he looked at me and he said to me, he said, I'm going to an early grave. He said, preacher, he said, I've laid in this bed and I've thought of all the times that you have talked to me over and over more times than I could ever remember. And then he said, you've talked to me and you said, you you need to pull up the slack. You need to quit being lazy. You need to quit quit missing so much church. You need to quit being late for church. And he said, in my mind, he said, I never thought it would end this way. He went from being late for Sunday school and missing church to dying an early death. And I know this morning we sit there and we think that could never be me, but friend, the same potential is in every one of us this morning. I'm telling you, there have been people that have lived for God. Noah walked with God for 600 years and then he got drunk and sin hit his home. And though Noah's mentioned throughout the New Testament, God never talks about the 350 years that he lived after the flood. I don't know how Noah lived his life and neither do you, but I will say this, what a sad commentary on a man's life that was so faithful, that preached for so long, that won his family to God when the whole world had turned their back on God. But yet somewhere along the way he stopped planting or stopped building altars and he started planting vineyards and sin crept into his house now if that can happen to him that can happen to any of us this morning 
I thought about the people that I remember a lady that rebelled against the will of God for her life and she went out one day. She made a very crude statement to a, to a preacher as she went out the door and and, and well, I mean, she just busted out that door and went on her way with her head up and her chin up in the air and, and with the attitude that I don't care what the Bible says and I'm talking about a saved woman. I don't care what the preacher says. My mind is made up and this is what I'm gonna do and I'm gonna do it if you like it or don't like it. And two weeks later, she buried her 16-year-old daughter. And I remember standing in that funeral she came down the aisle and the brokenness I've seen people that years of sin has taken a toll on their face. The scars of sin, the age of sin, living a life of, of partying and drinking and, and doping and smoking and, and living a life of just bitterness and anger, never doing those other things, but getting up every morning determined with a, with a, a, with a, a, a sternness in your jaw that I'm going to do it my way. I mean, listen, you can do it your way. God is a perfect gentleman. He'll step back and he'll let you live your life any way you want to, but the recourse of that. Don't expect God. You can't sow to the wind and not reap. In fact, the Bible says it's a whirlwind you're going to reap. You say, but Brother Gravely, I thought God was a loving God. He is. I thought he was a forgiving God. He is. I thought that God, will he not show me mercy? and Will he not show me grace? Sure he will. But the consequences of the seeds that you have sown, the harvest is coming in, friend. And you have to reap the harvest. I have to reap the harvest. The Bible cannot lie. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, if he sows it, then God said he'll reap it. He that sows to the flesh shall the flesh reap corruption. He that sows to the lie, to life shall reap life everlasting. Or to the spirit shall reap life everlasting. God said you have got two bags in it. Uh, you got two bags and you got seeds in both of those bags. And God said you've got the choice. Uh, you can plow. You can plant. You can so, but you're also going to reap. And I've watched people weep bitter tears. I had a lady tell me one day, she said, the consequences of what I'm facing now with my children are because of the life that I live, the seeds that I've sown, saved as anybody could be. But she said, I remember so many times when God would speak to me about surrender and yielding my life and it was the little things and it is, it's the little foxes that spoils the vine. And she said, I, I sat there in church and I said to myself, no Lord, I, not this, not that. And she said, if I only knew how detrimental those little decisions were going to be, she said, those things really meant nothing to me. But she said, now I see those same things in the life of my children. And she said, I'm the one who planted them there. And she said, I'm trying to pray it out. But she said, I don't I don't know if they'll ever leave. The way of a transgressor's heart. Nobody walks away from God and gets blessed. Quit church, quit the Bible, get out of the will of God. And friend, the only thing I know to tell you is suit up with the best armor you can put on because God's going to come after you. He's going to whip you. I told a man the other day, we was talking, and I said, listen. I said, you know I love you. He said, I know that. I said, I want to tell you something. 
I said, if you don't get right with God, and I'm not being judged, I'm telling you, nowadays people say you're judgmental when you just try to be truthful. God help us to not tell people the truth. The Bible says, the Bible says that open rebuke is better than secret love. Let me ask you a question. If there was two hospitals in this county, and the one hospital over here you could go to and walk in, and I mean the atmosphere is just perfect. Smells good. Everybody's happy. Everybody's smiling. When you walk in, they don't charge you no bill. They don't, you don't got to fill out any paperwork. You can come in. You can sit down, and they'll, they'll offer you some coffee and donuts, and they'll tell you, now, well, you just look great. I know you've got some pains. I, I know you've got some problems, but really, I, I'll tell you, you've never looked better in all your life. In fact, I, 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 there's really probably nothing wrong with you and, and we're just so glad you're here and we're just so glad that you have taken time out of your schedule to pass by and visit with us today and, and it's so, we just want to welcome you to our wonderful hospital. In fact, we got a gift for you. We'd like to give you. And we'll send you on your way and we wish you the best of life. Man, you walk out of there and you feel like a million bucks. And there's this other hospital over here, and I'm going to tell you, when you walk in there, it's blood and guts. Yeah, it's going to cost you to come because nothing's free. And when the doctor comes in, he don't quite have the pearly white smile that the other doctor has because he's been working on patients all day. He's, he looks a little rough around the edges and when he comes in, he, he, he says hello, but he doesn't really care if you're wealthy or not wealthy. He doesn't care if you're, if you're glad to be there or not, but glad to be there. He's just focused on one thing and that's what is the problem in your life. And when he finds out that problem and he diagnoses that problem, when he comes back in, he's not worried about your feelings. He's not worried about if you're going to like him when the visit's over with, if you're going to shake his hand and walk out of here saying this is the greatest hospital. No, he's, he's worried about one thing, and that's keeping you alive and helping you to have the best life you can have. And I'm going to tell you this morning, folks, that's what church is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a hospital. For a bunch of sick folks, which we all are. It's not all about feeling good. Sometimes you've got to feel real bad before you can feel real good. But I promise you, what I preach to you this morning is the truth. That if you walk away from God or if you just go to church all your life but never really deal with the issues in your life, and you can sit in church and be bitter and miserable and live a hard life this morning. I wonder as I, we stand, I, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart yesterday morning get, going down the road, and I, I don't think it's by accident. I didn't know who all would and wouldn't be here, but God knows everybody. The way of a transgressor's heart, living a hard life. I'm telling you, when you if you're not obey, obeying the Word of God, you need to come this morning, get on this altar and say, God, would you forgive me? I don't care how big or how small it is this morning. Swallow your pride, take the mask of religion off, come and truly... Get right with God this morning and say, Lord, I don't want to live a hard life. I've, maybe you're here and you say, I've lived a hard life long enough and I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. God, I want some help this morning. I want to get right. Brother David's going to sing while he sings. Others have come. Why don't you come this morning?